USAA is proudly celebrating 100 years of serving the military community. It was a group of soldiers who launched USAA in 1922 by joining together to insure each other's vehicles when no one else would. Since then, USAA has grown to more than 13 million members strong. And through it all, one thing has remained. USAA is still serving the military community and their families. Find out more at USAA.com slash 100. And hot! Welcome to the Veterans Voice, presented by USAA. Veterans Voice is a service of Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center, originating from the Optum Podcast Studio in partnership with podcast channel sponsor, Medicare Mentors, technology partner, Colorado Computer Support, and supporting partner, the WireNut Home Services. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Veterans Voice, podcast brought to you by Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center. We've arrived at the end of the 2023 holiday season. This is a time where many of us struggle and many of us are alone. We think, reflect on friends and family, friends we've lost, situations we've been through. And it's a very common thing to do during the holidays. And it can be very difficult to get through. What are some ways we can cope? How can we take care of ourselves during the holiday season? Well, there is hope. Reach out to Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center and check out Next Chapter and how we are tackling mental health struggles head on. And with that, today we're bringing on Ken Kurtner from Next Chapter. Ken, how'd you get involved? What's your, what's your background? What, what brought you to, uh, to Next Chapter? So my background is I spent 10 years regular active duty um, as a sapper uh, in a combat arms unit. I have uh, multiple deployments in the Middle East. Um, and so, you know, I, I, was, I was really focused on doing my 20. And that was what I was really focused on. Um, there's a lot of my buddies who... Um, we were on our, you know, fourth deployment and, uh, they were tired of the regular army. And so we, there's probably four or five of us. And so we were training up and, and trying to get ready to go to SFAS. And then, um, and then I got hurt. And so on that deployment. And so I went to uh, long stool, uh, I was in long stool for about a week. And then, uh, I was transferred to Walter Reed, uh, medical center. I was there for about 28, 30 days. And then I was able to come back to my duty station. Uh, I got back to my duty station and my thought process was, hey, if I can just get back to my duty station, get out of Walter Reed, I know my unit will redeploy me. And so- <laughs> We so, all know that feeling. So- you, Meanwhile, you're limping around, you know. Yeah, 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 my leg was jacked. So, uh, so that was my goal because in my head, I was like, if I get back to my unit, they're just gonna send me back to Iraq. Uh, so get back to my unit. They're like, if you can take a PT test, we'll send you back. I'm like, all right. So, uh, in true, um, suck it up fashion, uh, popped a couple of Vicodin that I still had left over from, <laughs> from the hospital, uh, knocked out my PT test and, and passed. And so then like, all right, we're just got to do a couple of scans, make sure you're good to go. And then we'll send you. And then my, my bone scan came back and they're like, yeah, like your, your tibia looks like. I, like a spider web, like oh it's, gosh. it's trashed. So, um, so they went through uh, a couple of other tests. They're like, yeah, you're done. Wow. Like we're, we're going to put you through the med board process. And that's a tough thing to hear. I mean, that's, that... it's, it's, that was rough. Um, so not only did I leave my unit, I went to WTB and went What's from a warrior transition, warrior transition battalion. Battalion. There yeah. You okay. So, uh, went from like high speed, Fast tracking, six-year E6, multiple combat deployments, like 
kicking in doors, dismount, never spent a day in headquarters, like doing the damn thing. And then, um, and then to be in WTB as like basically tr- felt like I was treated like a private again. Yeah. And so I was like, man, like this, this sucks. And so, um, worked with a lot of social workers and a lot of therapists throughout that time frame because you know you got to go through check the block see the wizard mm-hmm. do do all of that stuff but even with that i mean yeah it's congressional that you have to go through all these steps to, yep. to transition out but you should do it <laughs> i mean some of the counselors they give you some of the some of the things you have to go through are pretty hokey and and you, you know especially for someone as much combat and everything that you've seen you're just like oh my gosh like i gotta go to another one of these but but I think it'd be a little rough if they didn't have it, you know, because it definitely gets people introduced to that, that, that social work and that, that counseling. Yeah, I think for, for me, it was just kind of, you know, we're so ingrained even in going through the SRP process. Like, have you ever felt like your life was in, life was in danger? <laughs> well, two weeks ago, huge firefight. Nope, 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 nope. I'm good. Uh, and so that, that's at that time, that's, that's, that's where what your I, head was that's at. That's where my head was at. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, and I felt. Yeah, it sucked. So I just kind of, you know, get through the process and then dealt with a lot of social workers who I felt like shouldn't have been there. They didn't have really experience. They didn't, I didn't feel like they really cared. Mm. Um, so get out of the military. I do my own rehab or mental health rehab. I, I do my own counseling. I do everything like that. And, you know, I felt like, you know, I can't be in anymore. And I know I went through such a hard, shitty time getting out and where my head was out during that whole space. Veterans need somebody who's been there. Yeah. And so um, started doing a lot of research and, and looking at how to become a therapist and what do I have to do? What's the routes? And so did that and then worked for a crisis center, just working with people with suicidality. So people that I've worked with uh, in the military, us personally, we've lost about 13 guys to suicide. Wow. And so it's just been really rough. So because of wanting to work with veterans and suicide specifically, because of all the guys that we lost, and I mean, anyone who said they never thought about suicide is, is a liar. Yeah, 100%. You know? Yeah, um, I, I, I absolutely agree with that. It's it's it's, it's every everyone does. Yeah. And so... Um, it's that passive, right? Yeah. The, 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 yeah. You know, not to get vulgar, not to get to a little, little too much, but like just driving down the highway, you know, with looking at that guardrail, like, nah, you know what? What? <laughs> like, would it would it hold the car? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just kind of a, like it, it's you know, and and being in the military, we think about worst possible mm-hmm. like, yeah, scenarios yeah. anyway. So exactly. it, it just kind of comes with it. So that's normal, people. That's normal. I mean, if you get beyond that passive. In the beginning, if you have those thoughts, like, hey, see counseling, but like if it gets beyond that, that's where it really gets to that sticky point. Right. And so that's where I found myself working is with people who was in that sticky point. And so I just wanted to um, help them out. So worked in crisis. And so I just worked with people with suicidality. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that helped helped you with your struggles too, being able to help others? I mean, yeah. You know, my, my entire time in the military, as an NCO, my job was to take care of others and, mm-hmm. and take care of my troops. And so it was just kind of a, a transition into help people and guide people through their their shittiest time in their life. Yeah. And that's, you know, I've said it on here a bunch of times is working with Special Forces Foundation, working with Mount Carmel, doing the things I've been doing since I got out. Like, that's my therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, I still see therapy. I still see counseling. But like me helping others is what it helps me. Yep. So I should say, help me help you help me. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so Ken, I have to take a second here for our, uh, our sponsors. So Optum Colorado, Veterans Voice is produced in the Optum Podcast Studio. 
Optum Colorado and Mountain View Medical Group, part of Optum, offer 20 clinics throughout the Pikes Peak region. Their primary and specialty care doctors provide quality, patient-centered care backed by Optum's industry-leading health services and technology. Optum is dedicated to helping our community live healthier while keeping care affordable. Visit OptumCare.com Colorado to learn more and schedule your appointment today. Medicare Mentors. When it's time to consider your Medicare options, it's time to talk with Medicare Mentors. Medicare Mentors, powered by Spark, is veteran-owned, a long-standing Mount Carmel Veteran Service Center partner and the Veterans Voice podcast channel provider. More than that, they go above and beyond to make sure that when you need them, they're there lending a helping hand. Medicare Mentors, powered by Spark, always above and beyond. Visit MedicareMentorsLLC.com for more information. All right, so we're back here with Ken Kurtner from Next Chapter. Uh, you're telling your story about how you got to where you're at. You know, that's getting into that behavior health space, um, especially being a veteran, you know, me being a veteran myself, that was one of my concerns always as, as I was getting into counseling and even before I got into counseling. I'm like, I feel like if some person, 23 years old, just graduated college, they're a counselor, and I go and tell them my stories, I'm going to give them PTSD from my stories, because they're not going to be prepared to hear the crap that I have to say. Yeah, facts. <laughs> and, 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 like, you know, I think that's I think that's a lot of veterans, is, you know, you're, you're worried about, you know, can I... And you know, as veterans, right or wrong, this is how we are. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll test someone's mud just to see how they're going to react and how they are. Absolutely. And if I tell you something little and, and you shake, I'm like, all right, well, I can't, I can't, I can't <laughs> the be honest up. with you. <laughs> the it's, wall is it's up. Done. Uh, and so, you know, that happens. And so, when that happens, like, the main thing that I that I stress to veterans with behavioral health care is, we're not in anymore. Yeah. And oh, that's great. We're not in the VA, so you have the right as a patient, as a person seeking counseling to say, I don't feel comfortable talking to you. I can't, I don't feel like I can open up to you. I want someone else. Mm -hmm. And as a therapist, when someone tells me that the first thing I think of is who do I know that they will connect with, that they fit. will open up with a true, a good therapist and somebody who has been in this field for more than a day is not going to be offended because someone said, <laughs> I don't think we're a good fit. Because as a therapist, I've I've told people, You're hey, not a good fit. <laughs> I feel like this person is going to be able to help you out a lot more than I can mm -hmm. because you guys ha I mean, I you guys have a lot more similarities. This is their specialty. Yeah, this is kind of what I do. I feel like you'll be a better fit for them. If you want to stay with me, cool. I'll be more than happy to work with you. But I think you'll be better off with them. Yeah, listeners, uh, you got to you got to understand that a, a counselor is like a barber. If yeah. you walk into a barber and they give you a crappy haircut, are you going to go back to that barber? Yep. Absolutely not. And you have to connect with your counselor. There has to be some level of connection for you to to fully be able to open up and then for, to fully be able to understand you too. So yep. I, you're not the counselor's not going to get offended. No. If not they're at a all. good counselor, sorry, there might be some out there, but I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't want to stay with them anyways. Well, yeah, no, if they <laughs> if they get offended, you don't want them as a therapist anyway. That that's a fact, Paul. <laughs> No, that's awesome. Uh, so next chapter started up about eighteen months ago. Yep. Um, and how long? So you were you've been in the behavior health space for about ten years. Yep. You got an LCSW. Yep. Uh, and what does that mean for everybody out there? Uh, licensed clinical social worker. Social worker. Okay. Where did where did you work before? I mean, you just had different places you popped around, or you were, were you with someone for ten years? Uh, no, specifically, specifically worked in the crisis world. So I worked with people who were suicidal. So um, I was a co-responder with a police. 
with oh, the police cool. department. So I would answer, I would go on with police to 911 calls and, and work with people in crisis in the community. Um, I worked in a crisis center, so people would come in not having a great day. So I'd sit down and, and kind of help them out in the moment uh, and kind of walk them through their their challenges of what was going on. And uh, it was great having a veteran on, on the team because, you know, guys would come in and, and I use guys as gender neutral, mm-hmm. uh, but guys would come in just, you know, I'm thinking about suicide and I don't want to, you know, report this to the army and, and this and that. And so we were able to walk through it and keep everything off the books for them. So that was, that was something that I enjoyed. That's great. Uh, then later on, I got a text from a buddy who said, Hey, UC health is looking for a vet. That's a clinician to uh, help start this, this program that's focusing on upstream stressors to prevent suicide. So I was like, man, I'm a vet. I've worked in suicide my entire career, like game on. Cause I came into this field wanting to work with vets and I, I wasn't having that. I mean, here and there, you know what I mean? But specifically yeah. working with the veteran community. Yeah. Um, Cause I mean, with the police department, you're, you probably saw everything. That was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, it, it, uh, I mean, you know, combat, it helped out. Cause I was like, Oh yeah. You know, you have that dark humor making jokes when you run on certain things. So it was, it worked out you for fit me. In pretty it well. fine. Yeah, yeah. It was fine for me. That's awesome. Um, and so mm. when that, when I was approached, I was, I was all about it. So I, I, I applied and honestly I was, I was sick with COVID. So I had nothing else oh, to no. do. So I was like, let me look and dig into this. So that's when I applied. And that's when I did my interview when I was down with COVID too. So it worked oh. out. <laughs> nice. Um, and then Damian McKay brought me on the team and then I uh, just started working with it and trying to build it up and, and go from there. And so today we've served um, over 700 veterans uh, in the 18, 19 months that, that we needed. Uh, the state told that's a, us. That's amazing. Well, the state was like, hey, serve 700 veterans in three years. And we did it in 18 months. Wow. Wow. That's, and just to show how fast the word gets out there. You know, when you have a solid place to go, when you have a place where veterans feel comfortable, they're getting, they're seeking care and getting care and getting better, that word spreads in the veteran community so fast. So it that does. just goes to show how fast it's spreading for you guys. So that's, I mean, that's an amazing feat. So congratulations for you and Next Chapter for, for getting this done and helping these guys out. Well, I mean, we're all vets. And I, and I think that's what makes, that's what makes a difference. When mm-hmm. you have a place that they understand me. They get me. They've lived what I've lived. They've gone through what I've gone through. Um, and they they understand the, what, the flight of a veteran getting out and going through transition. Transition sucks. It's horrible. And so they get it. They've done it. And they're, they're here to help me go through it. That's completely different. Yeah. And that, that's a game changer. We have, we have never seen a veterans organization with behavioral health that has nothing but veterans. Yeah, and what a great construct. I mean, it's it's and concept. I mean, it's especially in a community like this, because I mean, there's I think I looked it up. There's four hundred thousand veterans in the state of Colorado. There's I think a hundred and twenty just here in Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. So we are we are the the predominant location for veterans because well, I mean, we got three military bases or four military bases here in the city. And, plus Yusafa. Yeah, plus Yusafa. Well, I count that, yeah. Uh, yeah, four, four here. They have Yusafa. You even have Buckley up in Denver. And this is one of the most beautiful places in the country, in the world, to be stationed at. So people get out, and they stay. <laughs> they stay here. <laughs> That's what I uh, – you know, a long time ago, Fort Carson was 
known as the retirement pulse. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they called it Fort Cartoon back in the day. But humidity's low, 300 days of sunshine. Like my back doesn't hurt as much here as it does in Georgia. I mean, why Mountains wouldn't you? in the backyard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why wouldn't you want to come here? Yeah. So, and that's great that the community is starting to... I mean, we're. I think they always have, but I think there's definitely been this uptick with behavior health that I've seen in the last ten years within the the military. Mm-hmm. Let alone the normalization of behavior health outside. Now that I'm out too, and and people are starting to be okay with with seeking behavior health and realizing, oh, they're not going to take my guns away. Oh, they're not. Yeah, I'm not going to lose my clearance. I tell people like you're. If you don't seek behavior health and you have an episode that's really bad. That's how you lose your guns and your security clearance. Yep. So go seek behavior, behavior health before you lose your mind. Yep. <clears throat> and so I feel like it's just the, the community is really starting to come together when it comes to this stuff, which is just – it means so much to me because I'm huge in with behavior health. So what's, what's, what's the plan for next chapter now then? So plan for next chapter is uh, to, to keep moving forward. Yeah. You know, we're always looking for how to improve better – better providers, more military competent providers, uh, providers that when you walk in and you're like, oh, yeah, and then I ets here, you don't have to explain what ETS means. <laughs> uh, or, you know, providers who are trauma-informed. So when you do talk about those things, they're not going to shake. They're going to be understanding and empathetic. Be like, oh, like, I haven't been there, but I, I, I can see how that can be shitty and difficult and not – you don't have to worry about their well-being. You can honestly – let your guard down and mm-hmm. focus with them. We also have a direct line. So if you can't focus with them, and if you don't feel comfortable telling them I want a new therapist, call me, call us. Yeah. Like we'll take care of it. I will be more than happy to call up and say, Hey, you're not seeing Joe anymore. Joe doesn't want to see you because they feel like they can't open up to you. So we're gonna get a, we need to get you a new or get them a new therapist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we'll we'll take care of that for them if, if they don't feel comfortable doing it. Um, it doesn't, doesn't hurt my feelings at all to tell somebody, (laughs) Hey, you can't work with a vet. You suck. Yeah, for sure. What all levels of care do you have? So you're, you're a social worker, licensed clinical social worker. What all, what all do you guys have in there in the repertoire of, of counselors? So we, so we have uh, trauma therapists. We have therapists that focus on, focus on personality disorders. Uh, we have cognitive processing therapy, combat processing therapy, any, I mean, we can really take care of anything, any behavioral health need that someone is going on. I have somebody for you. Awesome. Uh, we even have people who do nothing but trauma and just focus on trauma. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also have what has been called uh, the trauma spa. Okay. So it's <laughs> it's uh, one of our partners. It's, it's trauma therapy, but it comes with uh, massage and acupuncture oh, wow. and some of those holistic approaches that we know – work in conjunction with trauma therapy to mm-hmm. try to get somebody over their hump and through their stuck points. Wow. That is awesome. Okay. Right. Uh, do you have to take one more second here for our sponsors? Yep. So we'll be right back with you. Colorado computer support. Imagine never having to worry about your information systems ever again. Colorado computer support, the exclusive veterans voice technology partner meeting all of our computing needs. Colorado computer support is veteran owned. They're your team for innovative collaborative IT services and solutions to enhance and support your Colorado business. When you need IT services to keep your business going, make sure the Colorado Computer Support team is on your team. Call 719-355-2440 to learn. That's 719-355-2440. Why are not home services? Every season brings a new strain on your home systems. Veterans Voice Partner, the Wire Nut Home Services is the company you can count on to handle your heating, cooling, and electrical needs. 
They're family-owned, proud to employ honest, hardworking Coloradans. When you need plumbing, heating, cooling, or electrical help, the Wire Nut does that. Call 719-399-5021. That's 719-399-5021. All right, back here with Ken uh, with next chapter. Just talking about the help you guys are, are giving to the community here in, in Colorado. Uh, you guys shoot down to Pueblo too, don't you? Yeah, so we're in uh, El Paso, Teller, and um, Pueblo counties. And so we're, we're down in Pueblo trying to help out as many vets as we can down there. Um, you know, Pueblo... Uh, you know, it's the home of heroes. Yeah. You know, four Medal of Honor recipients are from that area, and they have a they have a wall during the Vietnam veter or during the Vietnam War of every person from Pueblo that was drafted and didn't make it home, and that wall is freaking massive. Wow. Um, and so Pueblo uh, definitely has a lot of veterans, has a rich history in um, in military culture, and I mean, there's. We did a uh, reads across America, and Jose and I was talking. And we think there's like 5,000 veterans that are buried down in Pueblo at one cemetery, ranging from the Civil War to Buffalo Soldiers to uh, present day. So there's wow. there's a rich, rich history down there. We're we're happy to be down there uh, helping out our Pueblo veterans, even though. Most of them are Marine Corps. So, what does that look like when you is it like a pop up? I didn't know that Jose's down there today. Um, what, what? How can people seek services down outside of just the next chapter here in Colorado Springs? So it's the same point of contact. It's okay. the same. It's the same email address. It's the same phone number. We're not going to change anything, and we, we just route people to the Pueblo, our Pueblo office, which is located at Mount Carmel down in Pueblo as well. Uh, and so it's just uh, we wanted to keep things easy. You know, take it back back to the old school kiss days. Just keep it simple, <laughs> stupid, and uh, just make it easy for for people to find us and to get help, no matter where they are. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in Teller County, same thing. You guys got an office up there? Uh, we don't have an office down there. We operate down here just because we're so far on the west side. Uh-huh. Uh, it's easy for us to get up to Teller County if we need to. Cool. Cool. So if if someone's sitting at the house right now, they're struggling. Holiday season's kind of hitting them hard. Um, what what what's their next steps to get help with next chapter? I think their next step is one, realize that this is a normal part of the year, mm-hmm. and you know we have the seasons changing. It's getting darker earlier. Christmas, we reflect on family and friends, and reflect reflect on those that we've lost and those that we that we miss. So realize that that's normal, mm-hmm. and that's okay that you're going through that right now. The next thing is it's okay to reach out for help. Uh, I remember when I was getting out, uh, once I had that DD-214, I had that magic <laughs> ticket in my hand. Uh, the first thing I told myself is, oh, now I can ask for help. Now I can focus on what has been going on with me throughout this whole time. Because I felt like I couldn't, and, and a lot of guys feel like that, that they can't open up while they're active duty for a multitude of reasons yeah. that we, we don't have to go into. You can, people. You can, but... I understand what you're saying. <laughs> right. And so uh, so I finally had that ticket in my hand. So I was like, all right, now I can ask for help. And it should be comfortable asking for help. Uh, you know, everything that we've gone through, you know, that that takes real courage. And the, the joke that I give is, you know, what's what's harder? Uh, just sucking it, sucking it up, pushing it deep down or going in and asking for help. No. It's harder to go in and ask for help. That takes courage. That takes strength. And it's not a weakness. And so ask for help. There are veterans, there are people out there who actually care, who would be more than happy to help you out because that's where they've been in the past. And so know that it's normal and it's okay. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, that's you know working with the foundation in Mount Carmel here, I, I get a lot of uh, people that do finally come to help. And a lot of the time, unfortunately, especially with the special For- special forces foundation, by the time they come to me, it's already like a trauma situation. Mm-hmm. You know, they've, they've been, they've been sucking it up for so long and, and burying it down deep and putting it in the bottom of a bottle and everything for so long. Um, but, but I always tell them that, Hey, you're not breaking any brush here. Like this trail that you're on is beaten down hard mm-hmm. because we got a lot of guys that have been doing the same stuff and been, <clears throat> you, you might have gotten your trauma and your PTSD or stress and anxiety from a specific situation that's not the same as anybody else's, but that feeling of loneliness, that feeling, that feeling of helplessness, is common throughout, and yep. it's and and that's where having you and having these veterans that you know we've been there, I've been in the bottom of the bottle, and it sucks, and so it's it's really good and easy for us to not I guess easy is not really the word, but to be able to open up our our story to you so you can open up your story to us, and then once you open up, that's that that's that trail to to, to getting healthy. Yep, and you know a lot of a lot of people in the military they they're ashamed of whatever substance use issue they have going on, and and the first thing I tell them is, yeah, dude, I don't know any veterans. That I don't know a veteran that hasn't had some type of substance substance abuse, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> uh, not a one. And I mean, that's that's the culture, and that that's mm-hmm. how it is. So I don't I don't know one. So if you're like, oh, you know, well, I do this, I do this. Yeah, so have a lot of people <laughs> yeah. like it. And the good news about that is there's two things that I tell people when they come in is that, like you said, that that trail's been beaten down hard. Yeah. So one. You're not alone. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of veterans that have done that. Yep. And two, you're not the first one to walk this path. So we know exactly what to do mm-hmm. to help you out. There's no guessing game. Yep. It's all, oh, yeah, let's plug you in with this and this and get you help over here. Because everyone has gone through that trail. Yeah. And don't do it alone either, people. No. Like you, I will tell you that's one of the hard that is that is the hardest battle you will ever face in your entire life is trying to handle your behavior health issues by yourself. That's how they get worse real quick. Yeah. Well, I think I think you said it right. Don't handle that battle alone. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you think about it from a from combat operations, like would you walk down the streets of Baghdad by yourself? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> So why would you do this by yeah. yourself? Reach yeah. out. You have a team. Reach out to that team. We got you. Yeah, help help you help us. Wait, no. Help us help you help us. <laughs> That's what I think I said before. So because we a hey, this this helps us out. This makes us go to bed better at night. This makes us come home and be better family family members. This this behavior health world for us it means so much to us and seeing you veterans out there and even your active duty active duty out there getting better and in. Getting through these demons that helps me, and mm-hmm. that that makes me. I feel like it makes me a better person. You know, that might be codependent, but <laughs> <laughs> but but it's but that's what hey, that's my therapy right now. All right, people. <laughs> I mean, it's it's that team mentality, and it's that mm. you know we guys are so used to taking care of each other that that's kind of just what we're used to, yeah. and you know, help us get you to a place to where you too. Can, yeah. can get to a point to where you're helping veterans. And, you know, the main thing is mission, purpose, identity. When we get out of the military, we lose all three of those. If we're able to have a new mission, a new mm-hmm. purpose, and a new identity, 
then that's a game changer. Game changer. And it's those the three things. Purpose is so big. Purpose is huge. Yeah. Purpose and identity, like that, those are the two biggest things. Because you take that uniform off and you're like, man, I was in the army. Mm -hmm. I was this. I was, you know, a sapper. I was a GB. Like whatever it is, it's like I'm not that anymore. And right before I got out, someone told me, I never tried to identify as a, a Green Beret, Special Forces, Army Army guy. I always tried to identify as a husband, a father, and then military was second. And that was a big part of my life too. I, I didn't want, I didn't walk down the street and tell everybody I was Green Beret. I do now because I'm out, but just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I didn't want to, you know, I didn't, I, I wasn't, you know, quite professional, right? Mm -hmm. And so that wasn't the big thing. But what he said was, once you take that uniform off, you're taking off the Superman cape. Yep. Like it, you, you can't help but not feel that. And you're either taking it off sad because you're leaving it or taking it off mad because a med board or because you finally just couldn't hit or couldn't, couldn't deal with the crap anymore. Mm -hmm. And so you're, now you're leaving upset yep. regardless of the situation. When you leave, you're upset. Yep. You're either sad or you're mad and sometimes both. So yeah, like you said, getting out and that identity portion of like, Hey, now you can be, you can put a hundred percent of your effort into being a, a father yep. or a mother or a, a husband or a wife. Um, you can put, you can make that your identity now. Cause, yep. because guess what? You don't, you're not going to get, you're not going to go to jail if you don't go to work now. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, mission and purpose. And I mean, those are the, those are the two biggest things. Identity, like though, man. Like, find those and you're solid. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right, Ken. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for telling your background, uh, talking about Next Chapter. What a phenomenal program that's out there. But I do want to get down to the, the part of the show where I always like to ask people a question that connects with the listeners. We want the listeners to hear hear about you and and, and maybe something funny that that happened in your life, so, so tell me a story. You're listening to The Veteran's Voice, presented by USAA, in partnership with Optum, Medicare Mentors, Colorado Computer Support, and the WireNet Home Services. Yeah, I, I, when you told me that, I was trying to think of something that I could say that, that would resonate with listeners. And, I, I, you know, earlier you were talking about being a better father and, and a better mother and a better spouse. And so in, in my house, we really try to connect and, and try to have those fun times. So we play Mario Kart together uh, whenever we can. And so one instance, uh, we were playing Mario Kart and uh, I, you know, was dragging something and cut my fiance off and, and <laughs> blew up. And so she got wrecked and finished a lot later than she wanted to. And so... Uh, her, her response was, she was about to say, oh, you like me over. Uh, but she said a different word that that's kind of similar. And so then uh, my kids just kind of like, oh, dad, you over mama. And so it was, uh, it was a nice, wholesome family moment that turned into profanities by some eight-year-olds. And so then we had to sit them down and say, hey, this is what that means. And then they were horrified. And they're like, I'm so sorry. I don't want to be grounded. Uh, and so I think that's the, and, you know, I think that's what every veteran does is we try to be better fathers. We try to be better, better individuals. And we try to connect with our kids anywhere, any way we can. And, you know, we spent so many times watching stupid videos on, you know, eight of us around a, a six inch <laughs> DVD player. 
that, uh, <laughs> that uh, we, we try to, you know, that's how we bonded. That's how mm-hmm. we created over there. And so doing that with our kids, I think is, is important. Yeah. hundred percent. Like throughout my career, I was gone a lot. I was gone a lot. And now I have that opportunity to be home and be there, be present. Even when you were home, when I was home, a lot of the times I wasn't even present because I was thinking about other stuff, thinking about the next mission, thinking about the next training exercise, think, thinking about everything I had to do. And now it's great that I that we get to be home and be present and 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 do that for our kids. I I I'm lucky enough to where my kid is uh, seven years old, so I got out when he's at still at a young age, impressionable, mm-hmm. and and where I can you know be a part of his life where I really wasn't for the last seven years, and it, it hurt. It hurt. Yeah. But now, but now we're here, and all you guys, everybody out there that's getting out, understand that the on the on the backside of getting out, getting out's tough. Transitioning out of the military is hard. A lot of behavior health stuff that happens with that. A lot of physical pain that happens with it because all that stuff you've been ignoring for years. But there's a light of the in the tunnel. You you can be you can focus all your energy not on the military anymore and on your family and and the next chapter of your life. And it's really hard. But I think what about that month to two months separation for me was kind of that oh. Okay, this is this is cool. <laughs> like this yep. is cool. Some people don't. Some people it takes a little bit longer, but just know that that, like I said, that you're not breaking any brush. You're not this this trail that ever you're going down has been beaten down pretty hard. And and there's so 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 many resources out there for you to get help. Mount Carmel, next chapter here. Um, and with that, so what what can people do? Where do they go? Uh, how do they get linked in with next chapter? Yeah, so we really try to keep it easy. Uh, there's two ways to get a hold of us. You can go online um, at nextchapterco.org, or you can give us a call at 888-719-VETS, 8387. So we kept the phone number easy, 888, your area code, 719, and then VETS. Awesome. Perfect. Well, Ken, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for sharing your stories, uh, and and thank you for, for what you do for the veteran community out there. No, I appreciate it, Paul. Thanks for what you do. I did. My main thing is I just want vets to know that that there's help out there and it's okay to reach out for help. We've all done. We've all done it. There's not a vet that's successful today that hasn't gotten help. Yep, you guys heard it from Ken. The next chapter here. So get help, everybody out there. Get help. We're here to. We're here to do it. Help. Help us. Help you. Help us. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Hear the whole story on our podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Follow Mount Carmel Veteran Service Center on social media to find out when next episodes drop and learn about events, classes, and more happening here at Mount Carmel. The Veterans Voice podcast is updated weekly, and we are on a mission to bring relevant stories and topics to our military-connected community. You can also hear us via Wreaths Across America broadcast, and for our local listeners in Colorado Springs, tune into Veterans Voice every Sunday at 7.30 a.m. on KRDO News Radio. And if you guys have any ideas for the podcast or possibly want to come on, feel free to email me or Angie or straight to Mount Carmel, and maybe we can have you on the show. Thanks for listening, everybody.